1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of the Queer Contessa Podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and I have a confession. I feel like I've totally lost my ability to schmooze. In person networking quickly turned virtual, but now we're emerging from our networking hibernation, and I'm curious what's changed. We're joined by networking expert Kelly Huey today to talk about how we can get back into the networking game and how to be strategic about our efforts so we're networking toward our next career move. Plus, we're going to share lots of our networking pet peeves, and I go a little wild on this one, so have fun with that. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. If it feels like networking is back in full swing, you're not alone. I feel like I'm seeing more in-person events pop up and invites flood my inbox. That's why today we're focused on networking with our guest, Kelly Huey. Kelly, welcome to the show.
0: Good to be back with you, Lauren.
1: Yes. So we did a webinar on this. I think it was like before COVID. So I feel like if people want to know the rules before COVID, they can always watch that. I'll link it in the show notes. But Kelly, if you guys don't know, is a networking pro. She literally wrote a book that I highly recommend called Build Your Dream Network. And if you're like me and you're feeling like you've totally lost your ability to network, you're not alone, Kelly. I mean, I guess my first question is high level. What's the feeling about networking right now and how has COVID kind of impacted those feelings?
0: Oh, I think we've always had an anxious feeling about networking and, you know, maybe COVID has only heightened that because uh, it's been awkward during the pandemic, but also we've realized during this time apart that we need each other. Uh, And so (laughs) I think there's that heightened desire to be like, to to connect with other people, because we've been in forced isolation, you know, for a lot of people for a lot of time. Uh, but it's also made us all realize, like, networking is not easy. It's not, you know, three little hacks. It's difficult. It's anxiety causing. And, you know, even just acknowledging that should make you feel better.
1: We just did an episode about how working from home has changed our work relationships. And one of the things that was brought up a lot was the idea of social capital and how you need social capital in your career to really build a career. It's like one of the components. And I would say networking is kind of part of that social capital piece of it. And it's interesting because when we think of networking, I think we always think of like external networking, talking to people who are brand new, but there's also all these layers to your point, like we've been isolated. And it's like, yeah, you forget that you used to kind of do mini networking in the hallway, in the office kitchen, in like a meeting before it started. And I feel like now we don't really have that. It's like whatever your networking skill was before, like now you've like you're really rusty, <laughs>
0: right? Well, even though even people who have mastered it on digital spaces, it's been a challenge because networking is not just something we do with a perfect you know elevator pitch or handshake. Um, it is something we do with all of our senses, right? Yes. You're 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 seeing and observing, you know how someone's feeling, and so we lose some of that when we're behind the four corners of a screen. Um, But you're absolutely right. There was these little micro networking moments that you had when you would see someone who was on the same commute as you, or they liked the same coffee, or they took coffee break at the same time, or they were like you and always like to arrive to a meeting early. And those are opportunities to bond and build connections um, that I want to say for people feels more natural because it's just part of a routine versus the schmoozy part of networking when we yeah. when we you know we have to orchestrate it um, so to speak
1: yeah gotta try harder <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah well I think a big thing for people to remember uh, and and think about right now is when they think about going back into the world and expanding who they're interacting with well we've been through a shared global experience the pandemic individually we've been impacted by it differently in the sense that our desire to connect, our desire to interact, our desire to meet new people or what kind of behaviors that we want to involve get involved in. So I think you always need to think about what, your, what it is that you want to achieve, who it is you want to meet, but you also have to really factor in now, as I would have said before COVID, but we could really do it now, what's going on with the other person you know cuz cuz they they may have every reason and desire to chat with you but the format it takes may be wildly different than you're imagining because of what has gone on in their life over the past you know 24 months
1: yeah so let's just start with the basics of how do, how should a person approach networking today? And I'm going to, when I refer to networking, let's refer to the networking that takes a little bit more energy and purpose. Mm -hmm. So cold networking or Mm -hmm. creating new connections. Cause I mean, obviously the title of this episode is networking for where you want to go. I do think networking is incredibly important for your career. It's how most people find new job opportunities. It's how you kind of create that influence within your professional circle. So can we kind of give your best tips, if you could summarize it, if someone was like, I don't know how to network, how should I do it? What would be your advice to them?
0: First thing I think about, and I think this ties in with one of your prior podcast episodes about goal setting. Where is Mm -hmm. it that you write, what, what is it right now that you realize you need the help of other people with? And maybe you look at, your goal worksheet of like, what's your big, you know, your five-year, three-year, one-year, you know, uh, what what is a shorter goal? And who are the types of people you're imagining could help you with that? Oh, so maybe you take a piece of paper right now, write down that goal across the top, then I would put three columns, right? So thinking about that goal, who are people that you think might be able to help you with that goal? Or maybe, you know, what are some, some groups or organizations? And maybe you put them down in that first column. Like, you know mm-hmm. what? Um, I'm I'm uh, really wanting to know about what it's going to take to get a job at XYZ company, right? So who works at that company or who did work at that company that you might be able to talk to? Uh, and then think about what's some research you could do in talking to them and then think about where you're going to interact with them. You know, maybe you know nothing about working at that company and you say, oh, but they're having, a, you know, a Q&A session with our HR person, you know, because they've they got open hiring right now, right? There's where I'm going to start my networking. I'm going to mm-hmm. attend that Q&A. So I would really think in terms of starting your networking right now by going to your goals and what are the questions or who are the people you're imagining That might be able to help you either with a goal or a question related to your goal and start your networking there. Really plan before you just leap into action.
1: Yeah, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people wanna network with me, and there's like, I'm like, what can I help you with? Like, what is it? Like, why? You know, what's the big why? I always say, like, know your learning goal. Um, and for people who don't know the backstory, I got my job at Hulu in recruiting because I was working as an admin assistant. My goal was I wanted to transition to recruiting since you use this as a your example. And I was like, how am I gonna do this? I don't know any recruiters. And I went on LinkedIn and I sent. I always start to forget the number, but I think it was like 70 uh, informational interview requests to people who were recruiters. About 30 of them got back to me. So I always like to share that because I'm like, that's a less than 50%. Yes. Right. But cold networking requires numbers. And in those reach outs, I was very specific about asking people like, I'm trying to learn more about this career. Can you share 15 to 20 minutes of your time to tell me how you got into it and what you like about it? And I honestly think for the people who were going to say no, they were probably going to say no anyways. And for the, some of those people, they might've said no, but they were like, oh, I could do that. That's an easy request. Like I is low hanging fruit. And I always say in networking, I'm like, try to do what you can (laughs) to make it as easy for them to say yes as possible. So to your point, having a learning goal and communicating that like quickly and concisely, I find also sometimes I get networking requests and it's like six paragraphs long. And I'm like, I almost find that rude. Like I'm like, why, why, why are you sending me six paragraphs? And like, and then at the very end, it's like, and I'd like to see if I can have 30 minutes of your time. I'm like, you've already had 30 minutes of my time. I just read your email. You know, right. I. That sounds terrible, but I, I just feel like so. Okay, I agree with you. I think having a learning goal and then work right. backwards to see who can help you. Right. I want to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted a supplement that gave me more energy and optimized my immune system. And I wanted something that actually tasted great. Now I've been on it for a few weeks and I totally love it. It doesn't taste like it's that super healthy gunk. It has kind of a mild, almost like tropical taste that I actually look forward to having each morning, literally right away in the morning, I start by having my AG1. And you're probably wondering, well, what exactly is AG1? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. So all the things in one scoop. I incorporate my AG1 into my life by having it in the morning with my breakfast. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, what are the other ones? Dairy-free, gluten-free, and it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. And I've got more good things to tell you because it costs you less than $3 a day and you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. I know because I've tried doing that before with all the different superfoods and it was really expensive. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Contessa. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash Contessa to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, now let's get back to the show. Hey
0: guys, it's me, Christelle Lim, co-founder and CMO of Bumo. As a busy working parent myself, I felt like there was a lack of options for parents and I personally needed more support. So that's what we're doing here on Being Bumo. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. So subscribe now to Being boomo at applepodcast.com slash boomo or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, gotta go. See you guys soon.
1: So if someone's listening to this and they're like, this is my learning goal, and I don't know anyone that does that. Obviously, they can go on LinkedIn and find people. What are some other places where you can find people if you don't already have them in your network?
0: Well, this is where, yeah, you know, go online and find people. Go online and find everything you can about them. Because if you can Google a lot and get a lot of the information, you can ask that person a better question. Yeah. I, you know, Yeah, I, totally. Right? You can ask them a way better question. Hey, I see you went from a degree in anthropology to... Being a researcher to then being in HR, uh, you know, what are the skill sets from your prior career? Because it doesn't seem that you were on a linear career path. Like, if I was that person, yeah. I'd, I'd be all about it, right? Like, how the heck did you do that? Um, the other thing is, you can start to really define the information that you want, and then ask somebody you already know, because yes. your network has networks, and you may say to them. You know, when they say, uh, it's is like where you turn small talk into sort of more important, bigger talk with someone you already know. And they say, hey, how's it going? And you can say, well, it's going well, um, and this is what I'm trying to do right now. This is what I'm trying to find out. And they may say, oh, that's interesting. Or they may sit there and ponder it and say, actually, I know someone you might be able to talk to. Mm-hmm. And that's a way of getting, you know, a warm, sort of a warmish intro to someone you might you know, not already know. So that's the other thing I'd say in all of this is like tie your new networking to a goal or a career path and then share it with people. Even if you're thinking, well, that's nice, Kelly and Lauren, why am I going to share that with my neighbor or my friends who are in a different industry? Well, they have other friends and they may know of someone and it might be a step to a step. You know, the only thing I can ever do on this sometimes, Lauren, I think of it like um like football, like, Quarterbacks don't just throw, you know, Hail Marys and get touchdowns. Right. And it's so funny with networking. We think, well, we'll just send that cold email. We'll just fire it out there and, you know, we'll get what we need rather than realizing it's going to take a number Mm -hmm. of plays and a number of different team members that we're tossing questions to to finally get that touchdown.
1: Yeah. And I and I think to your point about the word about plays, it's like not only are you going to send multiple emails, but you might have to follow up. You know, one of my other pet peeves, I clearly have a lot on this topic, but is people are like, well, I reached out. I didn't hear back from anyone. And it's like, OK, well, then follow up with that person. Try finding another person. You know, I think people they they drop kick into like I tried it and it didn't work. And so therefore, you know, the world is against me. And you just, you just can't have that mentality when it especially when it comes to cold networking, right? Because ultimately you are asking them to help you and take their time out of their day to help you. And like that is a big ass, especially in a cold network. It doesn't mean it won't happen. It just means you are going to have to be diligent. You're going to have to be the one who asks really good questions, does the prep work. But good things can come out of cold networking. Would you agree?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you hit on a number one pet peeve, networking pet peeve of mine. And I think it is the easiest one to fix, whether it's cold networking or with people you already know. And the failure to follow up and follow through is absolutely like it's where you can turn, you know, you can turn something around. You 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 showing, you know, following up or following through, like, you know, the follow up in the cold situation, that's where you know, you, you're you actually having some empathy for somebody else, right? Yeah. By by realizing that, guess what? Maybe their inbox is a holy hot disaster, right? Maybe they've had a crisis in their life, right? And your email, your question's been lost, right? Or I maybe mean, I had this once. There was, a, um, I used to have pets and this one cat I had liked to sleep on the computer because it was warm. <laughs> and the little jerk one time, Deleted all my emails. Swear you want to get to inbox zero? Get a (laughs) cat.
1: There you go. (laughs) Get a cat.
0: And I remember I went into absolute panic, Lauren. And then I thought to myself, you know what? If it's important, people will get back to me. Yeah. And so that's the other piece on this is you're thinking, oh, they're they're jerks. And these people are probably thinking, oh God, I hope it's, if it was really important, I hope someone gets back to me because I can't deal with my inbox or the cats eating my emails.
1: (laughs) Yeah, literally. (laughs) What about, so with this, you know, getting back into networking with tips, what what else? I mean, let's talk about digital networking, right? That's clearly how a lot of us did it over COVID, if we were, and we were probably doing a lot of Zooms. What's the etiquette of digital networking versus in person networking? And how can you kind of, make your digital presence impressive?
0: I think the biggest thing is you should be who you are. Whatever platform you're on, they should work in, in a sort of unified whole. So I shouldn't know this lovely person offline who is you know, a bombastic jerk online or vice versa. If you are a together professional person, or that's what your cover letter says, right? Then <laughs> Then I should see that on your LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're telling me you've got an attention to detail, well, I want to see that online. I also think that we sort of hold this idea of like some of these platforms are like if there's different rules of behavior, or it's all about, you know, vanity metrics. The people who I see who are most successful with digital tools use them in the same way as if it was in-person real networking. So for example, they engage. In the comments in someone's LinkedIn post, they don't just jump in and say, "Oh, I'd like to pitch you," right? Right? They 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 kind of understand what someone's interested in, you know. More like like you were standing in the hallway at the office and someone said something interesting, and you said, "Wow, that's interesting. Thanks for sharing that article. I'm going to look forward to reading it." Or you know, on Twitter, treating it like that cocktail party. Or I've seen people who have been highly successful expanding their networks during. COVID, because they've been really observant. Like they've seen the same people showing up on the same Zoom meetings. And so they've dm them and said, We've been showing up at the same meetings. We might have a lot in common. Um, would you be up to, you know, having a little conversation for 15 minutes at some point? Uh, I love it. You know, some companies, one company that does this is a company called Remote, where they literally for have all their employees they haven't talked to me about so that you know what is a conversation starter if you were you know to meet another employee. So part of this is like when you're thinking about the digital, imagine it as a human space and how as a human would be an appropriate way to interact with someone. I can't imagine, I'm going to say this, Lauren, because so many people do this on Zoom the first time. I can't imagine the first words out of your mouth meeting someone are, here's my LinkedIn profile URL. But how many times do people do that on LinkedIn? And it's immediate turnoff for someone like me, rather than watching, observing, you know, Knowing yeah, that it engaging. takes knowing that it takes time saying, you know what, I can do this somewhere else. So I think that's mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing is like think put your human brain on, not your digital brain on when you're in these digital spaces.
1: There's lots of great ways to start off your day. Eating breakfast, cup of coffee, walking the dog. How you start your day is so important, especially when you work from home like me. Personally, I start my day well rested, thanks to my ultra cozy Brooklyn embedding. Brooklinen, home of the internet's favorite sheets, was created in 2014 to give customers luxury hotel-level home essentials that don't break the bank. They offer everything from snuggly sheets to cozy towels and robes, loungewear, accessories, and much more. By working directly with suppliers, Brooklinen cuts out the markups and passes those savings back to their customers, so you get their incredible products at a reasonable cost. If it's your first time trying Brooklinen, I recommend trying their best-selling Luxe Sheets. They are the perfect place to start. They feature an irresistibly soft feel and buttery smooth finish. Brooklinen launches new products and colors, patterns all the time with their sheets, towels, and robes. So think like bold pops of colors and adventurous prints with some limited edition collections selling out in as little as one month. So, you know, you're into a little bit more fashionable thing. They've got that too. You can also take Brooklinen's signature softness outside the home with their loungewear collection featuring the softest tees, tanks, sweatshirts, joggers, and other essential basics. I know I live in the joggers all the time, especially working from home. You can use the promo code Contessa anytime for $20 off your purchase of $100 or more at brooklinen.com. So that's brooklinen, B R O O K. Linen. dot com, And then enter the promo code Contessa, C O N T E S S A for $20 off your purchase today. Brooklinen, the curators of comfort. All right, now let's get back to the show. Okay. So before we get into mistakes, cause I actually find a helpful way to learn how to do something is learning sometimes how not to do it first. So we can talk about our pet peeves and mistakes in a second, but for the person out there who's like, and I'll use myself as an example, I like, you know, to, to kind of, uh, pat myself on the back. I think I'm a great networker. And I think it's because I had a positive experience where I was able to use that initial networking to eventually land the job at Hulu. So if people want me to finish the story, I use those informational interviews to learn everything I could about recruiting that helped me edit my resume and kind of my job search strategy so that when I applied for the job at Hulu and they add, I didn't have any previous experience, but when they asked me about it, I was able to say, well, I just had 30 plus informational interviews with recruiters. Here's what I learned. Here's how I know my skill sets are Get good fit for that. So informational interviews without a referral to a company can still help you get a job. Just so I want to conclude that story for people. And then as a recruiter, I think you're naturally kind of networking all the time because you're hiring people. And so I felt like I was really good at it at that part of my life. Then I started doing Career Contessa and networking kind of took on this different uh, feeling because it was like, okay, now I'm you know, partnerships, collaborations, it was just different. It's like, I wasn't looking for a job. I was looking for more ways to kind of help grow my career or my uh, opportunities. Right. And so, and that was, I would say hard, but it was also easy because it was very obvious, like who was in a similar world or industry then COVID. And so I was pretty good about doing things in person or going to events. And look, I hate having to go to a cocktail party where I don't know anybody and I have to just walk up to a circle. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it more than anything. It makes me cringe. But I was, I would always force myself to show up. I remember I went to someone's book launch party and um, Bazama St. John was there and I'm obsessed with her. And I was like, you can't leave until you go up there and just tell her, like, basically that you're a super fan. So I was like, I think. I think the anxiety of it gets a little easier the more you do it. I don't think it ever goes away. And now during COVID, I've been at home and I'll be honest, I've been invited to events and do things. I don't want to leave my house. I don't want to do it. I'm just not interested. I feel like, and it's, it is a little bit of an anxiety. I think also like I'm much more comfortable in the one-on-one setting. So I'm going to use myself as an example, since I have you (laughs) here and um, I'll be the guinea pig for everybody. What would you say to people like me who are feeling like, I maybe I was good at this before, but now I either have less of an interest or I'm just like the anxiety is a different type of anxiety because I feel like I can do just as much networking online. I don't have to show up in person. But in the back of my head, I know that there are some times where you do have to show up in person.
0: First of all, you're not alone. And I think it's really important for people listening to this to hear that story because you're not alone and there's nothing wrong with having those feelings. What I would say is, have a very clear filter as I refer to it in my book is the why filter of why and when you say yes. So it may be that you say, you know what, I need to say yes to doing this in person as opposed to taking the virtual option, because here's how it relates to my business or my family or you know fill in the you know it's this person and it doesn't matter i need to show up with them and where there's other things that you say no i need to i need to find a different and I, I need more than somebody else wants to meet with me cuz i'm like you i do not feel any guilt right in terms of not saying yes to everything that lands in my yeah. inbox so that's where i really like create your why filter And also, I would say, you know, we may be in the same boat on this one of what is also the level of comfort that you need in terms of how someone is handling or managing an event or a meeting? You know, there's a lot of activities now that I'm less interested in. I'll be really blunt on that. So even though I may want to see that person, there may be other factors that I'm like, yeah, no, crowded nightclubs no not happening right or right, right. you know or a bit you know a big crowded concert you yeah, know no unless you got me in a private like suite booth thing that's like, away from a <laughs> lot of people yeah probably not right so you need to you know you knowing your own level of comfort so that you're also able to say like tell me more about this but create your filter and and you know give yourself a break don't allow the sort of this feeling of false feeling of guilt for not doing it make you think you're a bad networker. You're just curating what you need based on where you are right now.
1: hmm Okay. So that's helpful. And also let's go over your top mistakes you see that people do in networking. And I've got a couple more pet peeves I'll share. I'm sure they're also going to align with yours. So your first piece of networking mistakes to avoid is, and I I know we kind of talked about this, is the failing to follow up or follow through, which I would agree. 99% of people are not good at maintaining and following up.
0: Right. No one wants to hear no one who writes a reference wants to hear you got the job three months later from somebody else. Right. No one wants to be chasing you to see if you did something after you've taken their time. Prime example of this that I'm just like, you are don't have something sharp nearby. You're going to hurt yourself when I tell you this one. Friend of mine who is a banker, she took time, she had time during COVID to do speed mentoring. She's very high, you know, on Wall Street. And she pre-COVID, she had no time because she was traveling, all the rest of it. She thought, I can do some speed mentoring. So she did speed mentoring for like 50 women. I mean, this is like talk about getting a role model and access to someone who's, you know, up the ladder. Guess how many people out of 50 followed up with her?
1: I'm gonna say two. Well, yeah, and they followed up with a thank you.
0: (laughs) Okay, so for me, there should have been fifty thank yous.
1: Yeah, I agree. Everyone should have
0: sent the that 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 should have been like whatever. But the fact that only two people said thank you, right? I don't know if those two people also followed up and said, "Hey, you gave this advice on attending this conference or reading this book or doing whatever." If they had done that, they would have a mentor for life. Mm -hmm. Instead. You know, let's assume that two people said thank you, 48 did not, 50 people, because of some really simple act, lost out on creating a long term relationship, perhaps mentorship, perhaps a sponsor, perhaps someone to feed them leads to other jobs. So it is such a simple thing to do. And the fact no one does it is like,
1: I know, it blows my mind.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Same
1: thing with jobs too. I had right. a hiring manager who once said, I, "I was like, this this person's great. We gotta we gotta get them back here for a second interview, move them along." She's like, "I'm not inviting her back until she sends a, a post interview. Thank you." Had she done it, and I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> I was like, "She hasn't great. sent it yet." Ooh. I was like, "Do I lie and say she has?" But I was like, "I mean, it was for the comms team, so I was like, you you can't be on the communications team and not be following up."
0: I'm going to share one more example. So there was a young woman who I met during the pandemic. She applied for a job, customized the cover letter. It was for an internship. She didn't get it. So she had her pity party for like 48 hours. And then she thought, well, you know what? I'm going to follow up and I'm just going to ask, you know, what she could have done differently because she was a student and she thought, whatever. So she wrote a letter saying, please, I'd love to know what I could do differently that would help my resume stand out. And about a week later, the executive director of the organization got back to her and said, there's nothing, looked at your resume. There's nothing you could have done. Your per, cover letter was perfect. Here's why you didn't get the job. I had too many applicants. And she said, I'll keep your resume on file in case anything changes. Three months later, something changed. And the next thing you know, this young woman had a year-long mentor, uh, internship as opposed to a a one month internship because she took this additional step. And I thought it was particularly brave and smart of her. And like she sort of said, I didn't know if this woman would get back to me, but I felt really good just writing that as a way of following yeah. up. So there we go.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, we could tell 15 more stories like that. I mean, <laughs> it's, just, it's just a reason. It's I a mean, number
0: one pet peeve.
1: <laughs> please follow up, follow up. I want to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, Claire. Claire is an innovative new e-commerce paint startup that takes the hassle out of paint shopping with streamlined selections of designer curated colors, peel and stick swatches, premium paint and supplies, and it's all delivered straight to your door. Claire is a black woman owned company founded by interior designer, Nicole Gibbons. Nicole saw that the traditional paint shopping experience was outdated and full of hassle. So she decided to create a better brand and a whole new experience that's easier, faster, more convenient, and definitely more inspiring. Claire also offers ultra-premium paint that's healthier for your home and environment. Claire brings an expert point of view on color and design, which sets the brand apart from other paint companies. Claire focuses on fewer but better colors instead of overwhelming you with thousands of colors. I think we've all been there where you just stare at that wall and you don't know where to start. Plus, if you need a little help choosing a paint color, you can try Claire Color Genius. This is their really fun two-minute quiz that's like having an interior designer help you choose your own paint color, which sounds pretty awesome to me. All you have to do is answer a few easy questions about your space and your style, and then Claire delivers a personalized paint color recommendation for you. Another tool to help make choosing a color easy is Claire's Peel and Stick Paint Swatches. They are an exact match to the paint color and finish. And you can just instantly see what color works best in your space. With Claire, you can find everything you need to choose a paint color and tackle your paint project with confidence without leaving your home. From the products to inspiration, tips and tutorials, it's literally a one-stop shop. So for your next paint project, definitely give Claire a try. You can visit Claire at www.claire.com backslash Contessa and Claire is spelled C-L-A-R-E. So backslash Contessa to get started. So when you use the code Contessa, which is C-O-N-T-E-S-S-A, you'll receive $5 off your first gallon of paint. Okay, one more time. That's www.claire.com backslash Contessa use the code Contessa for $5 off. All right. Now let's get back to the show. Okay. Your next pet peeve, which I also agree with is being a 911 networker. So that's essentially I need something. And now all of a sudden I'm urgently trying to get your attention, right? Right.
0: Only showing up when you need something and otherwise being radio silent. It's a simple, like seriously, like we all have someone like that in our network. Just don't, don't, don't be that person.
1: And also, I think sometimes people think they can be that person because, you know, maybe you've had like a five-year relationship with them. You can be that person if you have enough of that strong foundation once in a while. Like I would say really truly once in a while, but otherwise like, no, nah. no,
0: no. You, you, no, you, know, you know what, Here's why I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but here's what I'm, I think. So no one gets the wrong impression. You can call someone up as an emergency, right? Like if you called me up and said, we said we'd record that podcast, you know, a week from now, but can you do it this afternoon? I'll be like, let me see if I can move something around. Like that's different. Like someone you built an range, a range, a relationship with and you're calling up you're like, I've got an urgency. No problem. But the person who only shows up when they need something only shows up when there's like a five alarm fire in their yeah. life. And otherwise they're never around. Like, don't be that person.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's like when you see their name in your inbox, you cringe. You don't want to be that. You want to be the person who's consistently following up networking. And when we say like consistent networking, um, one of my tips I send people, I'm like, there's two things you can do one connect with them on social media. And to your point, engage in their posts, engage in their LinkedIn, engage in what they're doing. Right. Those are like the low hanging fruit. The second thing that I love for the networking, just random stay in touch when you're like, I'm going to stay in touch, but I don't really have anything going on. Like, what's the point? So I like to send the seasonal catch up. So I say, this is my preference. I like to pick holidays that are like just nice, general, happy holidays. I do New Year's and Fourth of July. And I basically go through my list and I send individual Emails to people um, saying, and I use that as like the low, like the conversation start. So, like, hope you had a great New Year's. Here's what I've been up to the last year or last six months or whatever it is. Uh look forward to staying in touch. I don't ask them for anything. I just give them a little update and I use the holidays as sort of my, I guess, kind of my intro points, but also as my reminder for myself. So I would recommend Fourth of July is not that far away. So everyone start thinking about who do you want to send these catch up emails too. And I think we might even have an example of this in one of our networking resources that I'll put in the show notes. But I I really think that good networkers, it's not that they're like constantly, like they're not 911 people, like constantly doing it like that. But they are people who are just like, they make a conscious effort. It's on their calendar to to follow up. They check into LinkedIn once a week or once every two weeks and just kind of dabble around in there. You know, like I understand if social media gives you anxiety and you're like, I want off of it, but you can find a channel, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever your thing is, and find a way to do it that I think is 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 not a lot of extra work for you.
0: And I love that idea of, of the holiday. A friend of mine usually sends a long sort of family update, uh, at Christmas and it didn't happen this year. And so I got it at Valentine's and I got to tell you, I liked it a lot better because it stood really stood out, uh, and it yeah. was like so much fun. And so I wanted to say to her, like, you can send your holiday card, but send me that update at Valentine's. I really love yeah. that a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. I like that. Okay. Your last networking mistake, uh, that people need to avoid is impatience. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Well, that's well, you know we
0: sort of touched on this when people think oh they didn't get back to me or they attend uh, a meetup once and they're like oh it was crap I didn't get a job or I didn't meet anyone that yeah. that idea that it that that somehow magic is going to show once rather than realizing that you know what relationship building takes time people have busy complicated lives that may be why they didn't get back you need to give in some more effort than just. Merely, you know, granting everyone the pleasure of your presence, uh, those kinds of things. And if you just sort of assume sort of that patience and consistency and consideration, you're going to get far better results than, you know, having to just endlessly send out cover letters or do whatever uh, because of your impatience.
1: Yeah. I think also, and this isn't like a hard and fast rule, but I would say don't make any major asks for about a year of a new relationship. In my opinion, a year might be a little too long in this world. Maybe you say six months, but one of my pet peeves. And like I said, I have a lot obviously on this topic is people will kind of start to build a relationship with you. And then like a month later, they're asking if they can do this, asking this, asking that. And you're like, I, I don't maybe know you well enough to refer you for that job, or I'm not in that place yet. And so I really think that networking is about patience. It's about planting those seeds and letting them grow. And we're not talking about 24 hours and three weeks here and there. You know, it, it's really got to be, as you point out, like you're building relationships that doesn't happen overnight. The other thing I would say about all these points, but kind of impatience that. When people are asking for a connect, like if I say, Kelly, can you connect me to that person? You know, it would be kind of an abuse of your network relationship to just be like, sure, I'll make the introduction. You know, like I really love this like double opt-in where yes. both people opt in to the introduction first. I think the internet and Instagram and LinkedIn and all these things have made it so easy to make connections but maybe it's not the right time for that person to connect. And so I would say one more thing to avoid is like, once you have a connection, avoid kind of like pimping them out to everybody, right? Like, uh, please uh, don't do that. Don't be like, Oh, I know her. I can introduce you via email before. If someone said, I want an introduction to Kelly, I would first email Kelly and say, here's this person. They want to meet you. They want to talk about X, Y, Z. Is it okay with you to make an intro or not? and you can't have your feelings hurt if they say now is not the right time. And I've had that happen. I've had that happen with friends. Um, I have a friend who's like really high up on Instagram and you can imagine everyone's always like, can I, can you send my resume to her? And I'm like, that's not how it works. You know, like I'm not your, you know, like recruiter agent that like sends all this stuff for you. So, you know, I think, I think those are I guess, the, the just like final mistakes I see in networking used a lot. But I think these are all incredible tips as people get back out there right. and they think about networking again in person. And and maybe they want to stick to keeping it more digital. Maybe it's been more convenient for them. And that's fantastic, too. I actually think the nice thing about COVID is it. Is made. Uh, it's expanded the way we network, and and it's very acceptable, in my opinion, to network via Zoom versus asking them to the coffee shop. So do what you need to do to make it easy for them to say yes. And, and I think too.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's that's why I always think when you're when you're reaching out to someone and you that you would like to build a relationship with or get information from, be very specific of why you want to talk to them. Lauren, I want to talk to you because I've seen your career path into right? HR. And I've seen this and I've seen this. Um, and I think I have an idea on it, but I'm really wondering about. And then I always say to people, don't ask or don't, don't suggest how and when that Lauren can meet with you. Ask the question and let Lauren decide or me or anybody else. Like Let us decide. The person whose time and reputation and you know, career experience you're asking for, let us decide how and where that happens. And I would have said that pre-COVID, I'm even more adamant on it now. Because a lot of these times, you can build a really solid relationship through email, right? Through, I'm going to say, you know Zoom, through all these other formats, because it's all about how you make that impression and how you make that other person feel and suggesting that you'll treat for coffee or do whatever if they can, you know, pick their brains for 15 minutes, you may think that's the nicest ask ever and it's about the biggest turnoff, you know, for most people. So <laughs> yeah. so like do your research, be specific and follow up. If you can get that formula right, I think you'll be in good stead.
1: I agree and just because I I can't hold this back. Don't be impossible to to schedule with. I had someone the other day, who actually pitched me for the podcast. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to have you on the show. I think that's a really good pitch. Literally could not talk until like August. And then I was like, well, these are the dates and times I have childcare. So I could actually I could actually do something in August. Couldn't do it in those hours because they're on East Coast. So they could only talk at 7 a.m. Pacific. And I just wanted to be like, why are you even reaching out to people then? Why are you making the effort to do this and then being impossible to schedule with? Right. I Anyway, right. like I said, I have a lot of feelings about this topic, obviously.
0: <laughs> we'll have the unedited, you know, R-rated <laughs> yeah, version know. of it oh. where you and I can go off. But yeah, no, if you're asking for someone else's reputation, resources, and time, fit in their schedule, fit yeah. in what works for them and come to the table. Like there's a great example, someone who yeah. really you didn't know, but made you aware that what they have to offer fits in with what you need. That's beautiful. And then you hit the nail on the head on how it went sideways. All of a sudden it was about them as opposed to saying, no, I'm going to have to change my stuff so that yeah. it fits within I'm going to say somebody who's got a busy career, you know, a busy mom, busy family life, like I need to fit within her schedule.
1: Yeah. And I look, I'm willing to be flexible a lot of times, but if you can only talk at six and 7 a.m. Pacific standard time, then I think that's a you problem. (laughs) Like I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) That's not Not about you, my friend. That is. Yeah, I know. Like anyway, well, Kelly, this has been incredibly helpful. Uh, Share with people where they can like the name of your book, your resources, where they can follow you and obsess over everything that you do.
0: Okay, so my book is called Build Your Dream Network, Forging Powerful Relationships in a Hyperconnected World. You can probably find it pretty much everywhere. Um, and if you head to my website, jkellyhoey.co, that's J-K-E-L-L-Y-H-O-E-Y dot C-O, you will find all sorts of resources, blog posts, whatever, plus free 70 page updated version, little book bonus of, um, that's free to download that will give you some new insights and build upon what's in build your Tree network.
1: Yes. And also follow you on Instagram. I feel like you give a lot of good tips on networking on Instagram, but we'll put all the links to all of Kelly's resources in the show notes. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today and really just Making this a therapy slash event session for me. So thank you. <laughs> anytime, my friend.
0: Anytime. And I will not say anytime. And I would not suggest at six or
1: seven in the morning Pacific. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. Please remember to rate our show and leave a review. Like I always say, I know that every podcaster asks you to do this, but it really does help the algorithm recommend our show to other people and it's working. Our show has been getting a lot of new listeners. There's a lot of reviews up there. So you guys truly are making an impact and I'm very grateful. If you want to learn more about Kelly and her resources, don't forget. I linked to those in the show notes. I also linked to our webinar that we did. I think that was pre-COVID. And then I'm also going to link to our free downloadable resource with uh, networking templates. So networking templates to let people know that you're looking for a job, how to follow up, everything that we kind of talked about. We've actually literally written a template that you can copy and paste and that's free and it's in the show notes.